You are listening to an exclusive on PodHub Network. Your city, your podcast. To the delight of this crowd, McClendon marches down the dugout steps with first base. McClendon's throw. The runner breaks to the plate. Here's the throw. Wow. He is out. The Buckos win. That ball's in well to left center field. Back toward the track. You are listening to the North Shore 9 Podcast. Follow them on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Also, make sure to watch NS9 Live every Thursday on Twitch and help support by becoming a patron. Let's go, Bucks! Yo, yo, yo. Welcome to Starbucks. I'm your host, Anthony Donardo. Here's my co-host, Jim Rosati. It's Wednesday morning. It is Rowansy Day. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. It is Rowansy Day. It's Rowansy Day, and it's also, I don't think uh, we even said this when we were getting ready for all this stuff, but um, it's our last Starbucks of the regular season, Donardo. You know, that it is. So let me ask you something. I know the answer, but let me ask you so everyone else can hear it. Um, Bittersweet? Oh, Jim, here we go again. You, uh, you, you're, <laughs> you're frozen. Hold on. You know how this works. <laughs> uh, give yourself like, there you are. There's Jim. He's back. We good. All, All right. right, Jim. Cool. Bittersweet. Um, I think we are getting to the point where it's actually more sweet than bitter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, it's just the last few weeks have been terrible, terrible baseball. Um, and even the Pirates aren't even playing that bad. It's just like it's I, I just don't really want to watch them anymore. It's just very um, uninspiring. Yeah, that's, exciting. you know, that's I, a good I, way to put it. when last night I put out there, of course, you know, half facetiously, but you get the lineup card and you see Cole Tucker, Kevin Newman. At that point, I'm like, you know what? Tomorrow's Rosie day. Just wake me up then. Like, I'm good. <laughs> There's not much more I really need to see from this team. But I, obviously, of course, did watch. And the Pirates won. So I guess there's that. I mean, anytime you can beat the Reds and the Cubs. Not that the Cubs had any you know inspiring playoff hopes or anything. But it's the Cubs. So, you know, you beat the Cubs. Yes. Good job. Yeah. Yesterday's game actually had a little bit of intrigue. Because it was the uh, anybody who had the over on the season win total, <laughs> the Pirates hit it last night. So congratulations to everybody who bet over 58 and a half. You, uh, you won. That's a good call. You know, um, not for real money, unfortunately, but uh, I did pick the over on my win call totals. I picked uh, Tyler and myself, pick 61. Yeah. There's one person on North Shore 9 who didn't choose the over. Matter of fact, it was quite under the the uh, that that number. I believe the number was fifty four. That Mister Negative said, uh, "Jim Rosati, I believe, picked fifty four wins this year." <laughs> what an idiot! <laughs> you know what it was? I wasn't expecting this uh, end of year surge by Anthony Alford. <laughs> this end of year surge. <laughs> okay, fair enough. 
Fair enough. It was Anthony Alford that just screwed all of your plans. Man, do you really hate him? <laughs> but seriously, who would have who would have thought that the Pirates, after trading Adam Frazier, would basically be playing better baseball than the Padres? Well, yeah, that's. I mean, I'm I'm speechless on that. You know, regardless of Adam Frazier, who would have thought that? Like, I think keep I mean, the Adam Frazier to... and give give the Pirates yeah. like Stelling Marte and give them, you know, I don't know, Cole, and and they probably still wouldn't be better than the Padres. But yet, somehow or another, they were. It was crazy. I mean, there were, we even had an 11 game losing streak. I think sprinkled in there. <laughs> it was it was tough times right after yeah. that trade deadline. Yeah. But like you said, you know, you brought up, and we talked about it. You know, I mean, the Pirates won how many series? Like at the end, mm-hmm. they were actually as uninspiring, right? And as much as we talked about with the Pirates, like there's not too much to really watch anymore. For uh, they were winning games, so like there yeah. was something in there, and then right, and, and mm-hmm. so like the win total. I think um, for some people, even though like 100 losses is still very possible. Uh, I think in a lot of people's minds, there's going to be a lot more Jim Rosati than uh, than there was at the end of this year. And somehow or another, the Pirates squeaked some wins. I mean, they signed Yoshi, and, and as I put out there before, the the before and after winning percentage with Yoshi was like 100 points. I'm just saying. Just saying. I mean, obviously, you got to re-sign Yoshi. Yeah, I think I mean I think that's probably been one of the biggest things down the stretch is you know Yoshi providing a really really good power option in the lineup and like you mentioned they've been winning series and it's just when they get to that final game they you know they blow up but uh, yeah i think we <laughs> right. went we went what four series in a row one yes. four series in a row there in september yeah, yeah. So, uh, four in a row and then i think it was six coming. out of nine that okay and mostly against Mostly against like contending teams. Yeah. Like I mean, they were beating the Cardinals. At the time. They were beating the Reds. Yeah, yeah. Yep. The Brewers. They were beating the Brewers. Yeah, and like something that's kind of crazy. Okay, I mean, we, we're joking and facetiously making fun and dunking a little bit on the Padres in that sense. But what's really crazy? I mean, think about <clears throat> the beginning of the season. Think about our over and unders, and we're talking about that NL West division, right? And our picks and wins and such. The Pirates are closer to the Padres as far as like winning percentage, right? The pot, the Pirates are closer to the Padres than the Padres are to the Giants. <laughs> like, let that settle in. That that's yeah, that's crazy as well. That's yeah, how far that gap is. Predicted. <laughs> nobody would have predicted that. <laughs> no. No, you know, it was all coming down to like, it's going to be the Dodgers. They're going to be the Padres. It's probably going to be the Dodgers, but you know, Padres would be very, very close. Probably maybe both winning over a hundred games this year. And the pirates are actually closer to the Padres and the Padres are to the Dodgers and not even the Dodgers, the, the giants of all teams just blows your mind. But enough about those terrible, terrible. I mean, imagine having Preller as your GM. What garbage. <laughs> Man, that, that I mean, just we'll, we'll I mean, just, just to briefly yeah. talk about the Padres. I just have no idea of like what happened to them. I mean, the, the pitching staff just completely got well, decimated. That's what happened like, to them. Yeah, that's it's it's crazy because we went into this year talking about just how in like how deep their pitching staff was, and it just all went to 
all went down the all, all went down the toilet. We were talking about like, hey, and then oh, hey, and then you got Mackenzie Gore just sitting in AAA. Well, Mackenzie Gore is getting shelled right now. In yes, the minors. Like, what what happened to the Dodgers? Uh, the uh, the Padres pitching? I have no idea. It it was it was a weird 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 year for them. Yeah, Darvish started off really hot. He's been terrible. Blake Snell's been mediocre up it all year. Yeah. He has some really nice flashes, some bad, but yeah, you're right. Like their pitching staff was just. And it's crazy because like that's what they built up. They had everything else. They needed pitching, and they went out and they got it. They didn't settle for just like okay. They went out and got it, and it did nothing for them. <laughs> it did absolutely. Nothing. I mean, you had Jake uh, Jake Arrieta starting for them. I mean, put that in perspective. Yeah, Jake Arrieta wasn't even good enough for like, any other team. DFA passed around, and the Padres of all teams like, oh, we need you for starts. Come on over, Jake. A team that gave up eight runs to a Pirates lineup that started off Cole Tucker, Kevin Newman, <laughs> DFA, Jake Arrieta. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So anyway, <clears throat> Jim, we got a big show today. You know why, why, why we have a big show? Why do we have a big show today? Not only is Ronzi Contreras making his MLB debut against the Chicago Cubs today. Not that that in itself is big enough to have a big show today. But I feel like we need to set the record straight on a few things, Jim. I don't know if it's, you know, Pirates Twitter has been bored. I Well, it's definitely been bored. We've talked about that. But there's been a lot of, I just feel like, bad opinions going out there. And I mean, some of them are just bad opinions. Some of them are just, why are we even discussing and talking this? I don't know. And then people are going back, right, left, right, left. It's time to set the record straight. It's time to talk about these things. Put things in perspective. Let the fans hear what they need to hear. <clears throat> yeah, Jesus. Um, where do we even start? Where do uh, we I, even I think, start? <laughs> I think the the main thing is like, yeah, I, I think I mean definitely Pirates Twitter is bored, right? I mean you can tell you can tell <laughs> that. I logged on to Twitter yesterday and I immediately I read like three tweets and I was just like, I'm done. I'm I was like, I've already heard this entire day. Um, right. And it's not even like things that were just like, I mean, they were just things that I was just like, what is happening? And uh, and I think the, the biggest thing is you, you have and like this isn't this isn't criticism necessarily on anybody, but you've got you've got some pirates fans on Twitter who have, you can tell they uh, they're, they're a little bit older, right They're And by older, I'm not even meaning old. I'm meaning like, you know, maybe they're in their thirties, forties, you know, that they're they're but they've been a fan of the pirates for, you know, over 25, 30 years. Right. So you've got that section of fans and then you've got a section of fans where they're maybe 25 years old and younger. Right. And like during their prime years of like being able to follow this baseball team, the Pirates were actually pretty good for a while, right? Yeah. Um, so like they they actually I don't know what it is. I think there's just this there's this barrier between you've got these younger Pirates fans and first and and they're they like have this they have this optimism about them, <laughs> and then you've got. Fans like me, I'm, I don't know why I'm referring myself as an older Pirates fan. I'm 34 years old, but <laughs> you've got fans who like lived through the whole 19 straight losing seasons and all that. Right. And I feel like 
all of us are just like completely miserable and we, <laughs> we like just hate everything. <laughs> um, like we, we went through that three year stretch and that was fun, but it's like, we still remember just how awful things could be. Right. Yes. And so you've got, I feel like that's just kind of, that's one of the reason why you've got some budding heads is because you've got these people who are just like uber optimistic, like said, which is, it's fine. I'm not going to tell you how to be a fan. It's just, you got a ton of people who are super duper optimistic. And then you've got people who lived through 20 straight losing seasons. And it's like, where is this optimism coming from? It's like where the pirates, whatever, like something's going to happen to just screw all of this stuff up. Right. <laughs> um, Cause we, we, we saw it over and over and over and over again. Um, now, I don't think we've ever seen a rebuild quite like this, right? So I, I will say that. Like, in, in those mm -hmm. 20 That's years, there was never a complete rebuild effort like we're seeing right now, right? So it's like, it's, it's a little bit different of a situation. But, you know, we went, we went all this time where every single person who was supposed to be, you know, the savior of this team or supposed to come up here and, and do, do great, they, they just all flopped. They like all did every, every one of them. Um, not so here's, here's, and maybe it goes to your point. Not every one of them. And the ones who didn't was probably the Andrew McCutcheons, right? The Garrett Coles. So the people who have lived more recently, as you're talking about, they've, they've seen more or less this optimistic viewpoints come to fruition. Yeah. I guess I'm referring more to the Chad Hermansons. Well, then, and, and right. So that's what they and, didn't experience. <laughs> The, the Chad Hermansons and the Jermaine Allensworths and even the Chris Bensons to an effect, right? Mm -hmm. Number one overall pick. And, and then you get Bullington and Van Benscoden and Burnett and Bradley, you know, you that, that, you know, they kind of pissed up, picked a bunch of pitchers there. And so all of that, it's like, they, I feel like a lot of people missed all that. And it's like prospects sometimes just, suck <laughs> like they can be really good in the minors and sometimes they just suck it's just it's major league baseball is hard right um but like again i i can i can understand some of the optimism just because of um we we have accrued and accumulated a bunch of talent like i said that we've never really seen before it's just and i'm not I, i'm not gonna name names but like when <laughs> And I, and, and, and I, and I, I love the guy on Twitter, but it's like when, when I log into Twitter, I'm like, and I see live or Pagero can be a Cunha light. I'm just like, okay, it's ready to, ready to log off. Right. Time let's, to log off. let's temper some expectations here. Ronald Acuna Jr. is like a top three player in baseball. Let's uh, <laughs> pump the brakes a bit. Yeah. So I think to th this isn't to call people out. <clears throat> this this isn't that. Maybe North Shore Nine of like two years ago and before probably would have done that. But you know we've we've come down a bit. You know we're not as pesky and ready to fight everyone, right? We're not attacking Madden and DK every day and such. But like with that said, uh, right, right. There's definitely been there's been things going around on Twitter that just like each week it kind of builds up and I'm like, we just, we just got to talk about this because it's not only that we have to talk about it. I feel like for therapy reasons, right? <laughs> because we're tired of seeing it and we just need to get yeah. this off our chests. But I feel like some people need to actually hear this and also put in perspective. And this is why we're saying this stuff. And this may be, this may be also why they feel like they're getting attacked or whatever. Right. Mm -hmm. So 
just in that perspective, right? We're 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 hearing a lot of like, you know, this guy's this light and this guy could be this. Everyone is going to be just great players. And and we know realistically, like that's that's not gonna happen, right? And and this is why, too, like I just feel there's a lot of people putting out like the predictions of like not even like what next year's lineup's gonna be, but like the 2023 lineup and the 2024 lineup and 2025. And I just look at that and I I just find that pointless. Like that's my biggest thing. I just find it pointless. Whether you're optimistic about things, pessimistic about things, whatever it may be, to me, that's the most pointless exercise there is. And do you know why? Because the the reason I like the, what the lineups even are, it's like, well, this guy's our best prospect at this position. This guy's our best, best prospect at this position. So, like, what are you really doing? <laughs> I can look at the top 100 list, too. You know, I can look at the Pirates' top 30 list, too. And if all we're doing is putting in the best player at that position and, in in, you know, within the pipeline and then saying, and if this guy's not ready by then, I could see check notes. Oh, this guy's the second best prospect that guy putting in instead. Like to me, it's just a, it's, it's just a pointless exercise, uh, in that perspective. And then the other perspective is there's really only going to be Cabrian Hayes and Brian Reynolds in this lineup, like in the future, like that's what you can pencil in. Everything else is interchangeable. So you're banking on six more prospects, basically. <laughs> You can't do that. Like you, you, you just can't, right? It's and that's the other part of that exercise is why it's pointless, is because it ain't gonna happen. Do you know why the pirates farm system is looked upon as a top farm system? It is not because they have elite of elite can't miss prospects. It is because they have a lot of talent and just a plethora of it, right? The reason the pirates farm is so good. Is because they have they've they've mitigated risk, right? These prospects aren't going to work out, so there might be a chance someone else does, right? If if you give me, I've, I need to fill six positions, right? And you give me six players, chances are two of them will make it. But if I have thirty players, I might be able to gain six out of that. That's what makes the pirate system good, is because they're deep. They have a lot of opportunities. So we can't just pencil in the best prospect of each position because there's still a good chance O'Neill Cruz won't be a good MLB player. Now I cross my fingers that that doesn't happen, but there's still a good chance. You know, like Piguero could not make it to the majors. He could hit double A. He could hit triple A and just stall out. Like something I want to bring up too, and I'll do this slowly throughout the show. Let's go back to 2015, the top Top 100. This isn't just like the top of the Pirates. You know, we're talking about some of these players. These players aren't even like the top 100 prospect lists, you know, that we're penciling in. Here's the top 10 prospects of 2015. Byron Buxton. Number one overall. What's he done? Super talented when he's healthy, right? But gets hurt all the time. Back in 2015, you're probably thinking, well, we're going to the championship in, in 2018 because of Brian Bruxton, right? Corey Seager, Lucas Giolito, Julio Urias, J.P. Crawford, Joey Gallo, Tyler Glasnow, Jan Mancata, Brendan Rodgers, Dansby Swanson. That's the top 10 prospects in baseball. It's a mixed bag. I mean, any one of the, like, what we're hearing about 
Acuna Light, who's the number 70-something prospect. You know, we're hearing about with uh, O'Neill Cruz and such. They're not even in this stratosphere. Again, trying to just kind of put some perspective on this. Well, the other thing, too, if you, I'm, I'm looking at that list, too. If we're, if we're looking at, like, Nick Kingham was the number 74 prospect in baseball. There you go. Three years later, he's in Korea. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Like, that's the top 10. Brendan Rodgers, I mean, mediocre. Dansby Swanson, right? Mediocre. Alan Hansen was in that top hundred too. Alan Hansen. I mean, Tyler Glass. Now we, we've said enough about him. Number seven prospect. I mean, sure. He, he's, he was started to hit his stride. Now he's out. I mean, if you look at his career in total, you're number seven prospect. I mean, if this is 2000 and you know, 21 right now, and, and he's the number seven prospect. I mean, all you'll be hearing is well, we have Tyler Glass. Now he's going to be an ace, right? He's going to lock this down championship. What has Tyler Glass now done? What has J.P. Crawford done? Like Julio Urias, I know like shoulder injuries, come back. He's been solid. Nothing great. G. Lito had his struggles. He's now found some success. Seager's been injured. Buxton's always injured. We'll move on a little bit here. But like again, kind of put in perspective. That's the top 10. Yeah, <clears throat> I mean, and I think that's why the talent accumulation is so important, right? And and I said that's the one thing that this team has is there's no there's no like top ten prospect on this team, right? But mm-hmm. they do have a lot of guys who are either in that top one hundred um, or just outside of it, and so you do hope that you find at least enough people to hit that uh, that can help out your team, right? But but as far as as far as yeah, like I mean, the top the top ten prospects are all not going to just be your starters in three years. Just doesn't doesn't really work that way. I mean, especially pitching. I mean, how many? I mean, Mitch Keller was a top five prospect, I think, in baseball at one point, and look at him now. So, you know, Mister Elite was, Control. I mean, he was getting all kinds was, of hype. It was one of those things where, like, you know, Mitch Keller is a future ace, right? Mm-hmm. Um, doesn't really look like that anymore. Um, so that that's the biggest thing. Just like pump the brakes a little bit. Like I guess I get the optimist. There's plenty to be optimistic about because they've accrued a ton of talent, right? Um, but when we start making lineups and say this lineup, you know, would be, and again, I'm not 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 picking on anybody, but uh, but like this lineup would be, you know super exciting in 2023 it's just like no that's not that's not that's not how it works um and and like this is a team that they're gonna have to go out there and they're gonna have to plug some holes with free agents right so that's gonna be the biggest part you you look at that 2013 team right and and like how much of that team was homegrown, right? You had your stars, and your that that's kind of that that's I mean that's how you make a team, right? If you're a small market team, you 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 need to at least have some homegrown stars, right? Um, because you can't afford to go out and get those guys, right? So you have to have Andrew McCutcheon basically come out of your system, right? 
I don't know if the Pirates have any Andrew McCutcheon mm-hmm. in their system. I, I, I just don't. I don't think they do. We've discussed possible, that though, though, right? Yeah, like yeah. that's that's yeah. the one downfall if you're looking to this right. type of rebuild yeah. and such is it's <clears throat> there isn't like that star at least yet. Yeah, I mean it's it's possible because again, like if you look at Andrew McCutcheon, like Andrew McCutcheon was never a top ten prospect, right? I mean, he he kind of hit his stride once he got to the majors. He mm-hmm. just developed it this elite hitter, right? Um, so so you got Andrew McCutcheon who was who was excellent. You had Starling Marte who was very good. Um, you know, so you had kind of those two guys um, anchoring that 2013 team. Right. And then you plugged in Russell Martin. You plugged in Clint Barmas at shortstop who couldn't hit, but he was a great fielder. Neil Walker was a great complimentary player. Right. Uh, Travis Snyder was on that team. I mean, so like these, Peter Alvarez, you know, was just kind of your bopper. Right. So you, those guys were homegrown, but then a lot of the talent that helped out that team was, was, you know, acquired elsewhere, especially on the pitching staff. Burnett, yeah. Charlie Morton, Wandy Rodriguez was, you know, started 12 games that year. Um, Don't remind me of Wandy. <laughs> yeah. So it's like you had a lot of guys who came in from outside the organization who helped out this team. Um, and the, the, the homegrown talent was there and the homegrown talent made up probably half of the team. But, you know, you don't win in 2013 without Burnett and Liriano and Martin, for sure. Right. You, you're right. And so I'm glad you brought that up because like, that's the next point of this whole exercise, you know, the, the, like the big thing that I take away from it is again, just the fact that this is kind of pointless. Like we are just picking out our best closest prospect and putting them in there. But like the secondary thing is when I look at that and I'm just like, Okay, cool. So we're still not like getting any free agents. Like we're still not spending money. Cool. <laughs> because that's not how I want 2023 to look like. I don't, I don't want 2023 to be nothing but the homegrown players. There clearly needs to be some free agency. We need to do better. So I'm disappointed that that's the lineup. <laughs> right. I mean, a lineup of all homegrown players in 2023 means we have like a $30 million payroll. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. Like that's, it's not good. We, we, we need to go out there and spend some money and, and make the team better, I, I, you know, elsewhere. Right. Um, so yeah, yeah, it's, it's just a futile, futile exercise in my opinion. Yeah. Um, uh, like I said, like, that's just, that's just to, I, I, we, we haven't penciled in future lineups. We haven't done that. And the reason for that is just because, right. Like it just, it's a pointless exercise. It means nothing. You're going to look back in two years and say, well, that was silly. So, Kind of like, right, what's the point? If you want to, again, like, and this isn't to be pessimistic. This isn't just to to poo-poo on the pirates and the system and stuff. But I think, again, like, that's the perspective you got to put in. The the reason you want to be optimistic, the reason you want to be excited isn't the fact that here's where the 2023 lineup is. It's not going to be that. The reason you want to get excited is because there's a lot of players. Like, there's a lot of talent in this organization. We're not sure what's going to come and pan out. But there is a lot of talent. You can certainly be optimistic about that. And and hopefully, right, they're going to build upon it. There's going to be another top draft pick this upcoming year. There's going to be international dollars opening back up again. And maybe there's a trade or two coming. You know, but this is definitely the time, as we've been hammering, that the rebuild's 
done. Like the, the fire sales are gone. There's really nothing much left to to overhaul. It's it's now the building process. So, you know, hopefully you are going to start seeing that. But right, like that's the part to be optimistic about. And you absolutely can. Uh, so I don't know if we're done with that part because there's still some other things that, that's been grinding my gears. Um, yeah, no, go ahead. Keep um, and I said we'll kind of go th- say this throughout this, the uh, – I, I wanted to kind of say it's not throw a hundred names all at once, but kind of throughout the show. So the top, you know, hundred prospects in 2015, once again, so number 11, Trey Turner. Awesome. 12, Orlando Arcia, Rafael Devers, no more Mazzara, Steven Matz, Alex Reyes, Aaron judge, Franklin Barreto, Sean Newcomb, Jose Barrios. That's the top 10, 11 through 20. So again, think of the names, right? Think of the prospect status. It's a big bag right there. Uh, okay, so moving forward. The next thing that's kind of bothered me. Cole Tucker. <laughs> what? <laughs> What's that smirk? <laughs> that might, that might be a clip. Why are we now at the... Oh, 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 my gosh. I don't know. I think we might need to see more Cole Tucker next year. Look look what he's doing in this past seven at-bats. So These seven at-bats. Oh, my God. Look look what he's doing. In, in, the, last, in the last three at-bats, Jimmy's two for three. I think we need to keep Cole Tucker. Look, he hit that home run. I think we need to keep Cole Tucker next year. What are we doing? Why are we keeping Cole Tucker? I'm going to lump Anthony Alford in here in a second, too. But this is more or less Cole Tucker. What are we doing about Cole Tucker? Why are we now like, oh my God, I think Cole Tucker might, I think he deserves a shot next year. We need to see even more. Uh, Cole Tucker's batting 235, 281, 342 in September, by the way. So that's his hot streak. Yes. It's not good. <laughs> it is not good. It's a, it's good for a 66 weighted runs created plus in baseball. I pointed this out yesterday. So this doesn't include last night's game, which was an 0 for 4 game. But this whole, and here's the thing, like this hot stretch of Cole Tucker, if you may, is 35 at-bats where he has 11 hits. And now, top of my head, I'm trying to think, I think it was a 585 baby. Like, so off of these 35 plate appearances, which is completely baby fueled, right? We're saying, holy hell, Cole Tucker. He hasn't hit in his entire life. (laughs) But now because there's like this 35 at-bat stretch. Where a lot of luck came in. He's still not even really hitting. No, he he also isn't. I believe when I pulled it up too, it was was like a... I got, I got to, I got to pull it up again now because it's going to bother me. But yes, it, it also even with that, it wasn't like it was superb. So it started from nine seventeen. So let's do nine seventeen, and you know what? I'll even exclude last night just so the numbers were the same. So from nine seventeen to the twenty seven, eleven day, ten day stretch. He yes, he was batting three fifty three, one fifty WRC plus. No power. I mean, he did have the home run, I guess. But 30K strikeout rate. <laughs> yeah. Highly baby fuel. Over 500. So, again, 
So just even that little stretch there. A lot of luck. But what's Cole Tucker to date? Like in he was in AAA all year. All year he couldn't hit. Comes the majors, couldn't hit. He's found some luck in these, like you said, like 11 games. Okay, I'm done with Cole Tucker. He has shown me that he is not a major leaguer. He makes some nice plays on defense. Not as much as I anticipated. I'll put it that way. But like last night, great play at second base. Great play. Yep. But where we talk about like the glove, like is the glove enough? Like with Hayes, we say he could not hit to the degree with a glove will play. Um, I mean, Cole Tucker doesn't hit anything. So he's, that's, that's not even realistic. But what I'll say to Cole Tucker is I don't think the glove plays as well as I think we even anticipated. So it's not even in that same stratosphere. It's not as if he's like this elite defender where maybe even with poor de- like offense, he could be um, okay, right? I don't think the glove's even that good. Um, yeah, I mean, he, it's not, it's, it's average, honestly, as a shortstop, really this, he, it's it's not bad, right? He's a terrible outfielder, just absolutely terrible. <laughs> well, outfielder, yeah, which, you know, let, let me, where, yeah, which is where he's gotten the bulk of his playing time. I think if we had maybe seen him more in the infield, you could because I mean, his numbers actually, his defensive numbers are pretty damn good in the infield. Um, they're not, they're not, you know, Key Brian Hayes level defensive numbers, right? Um, but I agree with, with your premise there, though, like the defense isn't so good that you can tolerate a terrible bat. Yeah. And I just, let, let me just preference something to and make sure I clear this up. When I say as like, I'm not saying his, his glove is not good. I, I just want to make sure I don't. Yeah. I'm just saying it's not as good as right. I think we were saying and hoping for. And right. So he's not, he's not a gold glove. I don't want to hear people saying like, Oh, Anthony Zardo thinks Cole Tucker has a terrible defense and glove. That's not what I'm saying. It's just not as good when I say, when uh, I say that. But I, I think what you what you're trying to say here is like the, the glove isn't so good that you can you can tolerate having just an absolutely automatic out almost on on, on offense. Excuse me. Um, the 10 game stretch means absolutely nothing. <laughs> like Thank you. It, it means literally, literally nothing. Um, I, I don't know how many times, you know, in baseball you have to stress small sample size things. Right. Um, Cause there are say, small sample sizes that skew to one side and there are small sample sizes that skew to the other side. You want to avoid small sample sizes and you want to take all of the small samples until you have a big sample. Right. And the big sample suggests that Cole Tucker sucks. <laughs> so right. uh, there, there's really just no other way to put it. He has a 56 career weighted runs created. Plus he bats, he has a, career 214 batting average he's gets on base 268 318 slugging he's a terrible terrible hitter at the major league level and and again he's 24 right 25 Mm. actually Mm. now but like you haven't seen any improvement right like i get he made the majors when he was 22 right so he made the majors at a young age but like we haven't seen any development at all since his debut i mean you could say the best he's ever looked was that first game he got called up that was probably the best cool tucker i've ever seen was his major league debut i haven't seen that since um that's fair and so it's so it's like what what do we even 
I, I get playing him, right? Because you mentioned Alford. Like, I get just putting him out there, right, um, at this point in the year. But in no way can is Cole Tucker a part of this team's future. No. No. Like, it. Ha- there's, there's too many 40-man options. There's too... <clears throat> Okay. Well, oh yeah, I'll continue. There's just too many options that like I don't look at Cole Tucker and say by any means, whether it was, you know, him coming up this whole year, his whole body of work that he's had that says, I need to protect Cole Tucker. It's we're we're past that. And there's also no ties that I think Ben Charrington needs to say. You know, like if Neil Huntington was here, maybe he would be hanging on to it still. Like, you know, he's got some validation. I gotta hang on. I'm telling you there's something Cole Tucker, I gotta keep him for one more year. Ben doesn't have that. He doesn't have that attachment. He sees what he sees, and I hope he's seeing what I'm seeing, and and I guess what you're seeing, because I'm not seeing a major leaguer, not on a on a winning club, and that's the goal here. Like this year was to start separating. Who's going to be on next year? You know, Cole Tucker. Give him the shot. Give him a shot. Let's let's see what he can do. You want to work on something? You held him back down in structurals, like just to work on your swing and change things. Came to AAA, you saw nothing. You saw a very much increased walk rate. Good on him, but nothing else was there. Again, he just showed that he can't hit a baseball. And he's coming to the major leagues and shown he can't hit a baseball. So what am I keeping for next year? And now I'll bring this into Anthony Alford as well. Like with this season, I felt like let's let's take some risks. You know, let's see some guys like Guy Tom, like Anthony Alford jumps in there too. You know, think about Alford was he was a top prospect. Which, by the way, let's go to this list. Let's scroll down. He was the number ninety-seven prospect in two thousand and fifteen. Anthony Alford. <laughs> uh so he would have been penciled in in all your starting ups. Exactly. He was the starting center fielder at that point in time. Anthony Alford, all the tools. He's going to be, what light would he be at that point? Would he be Andrew McCutcheon light in 2015? Is that, <laughs> that's kind of the timeline. Acuna, McCutcheon back then. Yeah. 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 So there you go. There's Kutch light. You got Kutch in center field. You got Kutch, I guess, light in left field. And Marte. I mean, there's, and then Polanco coming up. It's a dream outfield right there. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, um, like with like with those guys, you bring them in to see what they have. Do you make the decision of they trade ship or, or to keep? And, and I'm sorry, like with Anthony Alford, I understand, and you might even say this: uh, the roles might switch here. I might be a little more pessimistic about this than you at this point in time. But like what I've seen from Anthony Alford, I'm over it too. And, and this isn't to say he's a terrible. He he <laughs> might he might be. A major leaguer but like where i'm at the point i'm at is i've seen enough of him we have to do better like that's not the goal the goal isn't to have cole tuckers and anthony alfords on this team anymore i've seen anthony alford i'm moving on he might end up being an average major league player i i, I don't I, he might like to, to me that's his ceiling i'm moving on we got to do better i'm not protecting anthony alford jr i'm not I'm not. I'm not protecting uh, Cole Tucker. I'm just not doing it. You got to do better than that. This is going to be really weird. <laughs> I know it is because I, I sensed your tone in our text because, back and forth a little bit. Because when it comes with Alford, 
since his call up, he's actually hit pretty well. Um, 113 weighted runs created plus. He's still striking out way too much. So that's still an issue there. Um, but like he hasn't been bad. Uh, so I think I'm to the point with Alford. I think you at least bring him back next year and let him compete for a roster spot. Now, I do think, you know, he's not a starter, right? Like, like you can't roll with Anthony Alford in a starting spot. But I think Anthony Alford has deserved a chance to make the team next year out of spring training. And I can't believe I'm saying this, but uh, – he he's shown he huge stretch, but it's been a decent stretch of time now since he's been called up. And yeah, there's some days where he looks completely overmatched and he goes over four with four strikeouts. Right. Um, but for the most part, he's been at least fine out there. He plays good defense too, which is another thing I like about him. Um, I think he has, he's shown me enough for me to at least give him a chance at being on the team next year, which I can't mm-hmm. believe I'm saying that, but he has. Cause if you're okay. looking at the other options, so if you're looking at the other options, right? Like, and there's not a lot in the high, high minors who are going to like be major league ready next year. Right. Cause you know, you could, you could say Frazier Mitchell, right. But they're not, but realistically, right. not. none of those guys mm-hmm. are start. They're not starting on the major league team. Right. Um, they're going to be in AAA, and then they're likely be called up later in the year if they're performing well. Um, so I'm talking like from like an opening day roster standpoint, I am, I would not be totally, totally, like against the idea of Alford being on the roster. Now I still think the Pirates need to go out there and acquire a corner outfielder who can actually hit the ball and hit the ball over the fence. Um, like I think that's a priority. Um, but uh, at this point, Alford stays on the 40 man for me and gets invited to spring training and has a chance to compete for a spot on the 26 man roster. That's where we differ. For me, he's not on the 40-man. To me, he, he, he's not. I can find Anthony Alford. I can find him. I'll do it. That's fair. Like fair. I have other things I need to protect and worry about. And like you, as you mentioned, you, I would rather see them go out there and get something. I want, I need better. I can't settle for, you know what? If this works out and that works out, he could be an average player. That's that's not that's that's not the goal here. That's not what we're trying to accomplish. You know, yeah, he's had the one thirteen way to run creative plus. I still I'm with you, and I know other people will hammer us, but thirty eight percent strikeout rate. You know, the high baby. Like I understand people can't have a high baby. Probably Marte had a high baby. Like I understand it's not just it's got to be three hundred. Like if it's over three hundred, it's there's regression coming. You know, I I get it. Alfred's probably going to be one of those guys too. He hits the ball hard when he hits it. But I just, I don't believe in him. I don't. I've seen enough. I don't believe in it. And to me, to protect him, I don't need to protect him. 
If he goes unclaimed, like, sure. Do what you did this year. You can still be in the organization. I'm cool with that. He could end up being that type of depth. I'm cool with that. But I'm not going to protect Anthony Alford. The same way I'm not going to protect Cole Tucker. That's just where I'm at. And I understand he's, to me, more borderline than Cole Tucker, which is kind of funny and ironic. But uh, I'll put it this way. If there was two and I had to protect one, I would protect Anthony Alford, if that makes you happy. If I had to pick one, it would be Alford over Cole Tucker. But I'm not doing either. To me, that's not the goal here. Let's move past them. Let's. That's what free agency is for. It's a corner guy you need. Reynolds in center field. Go, go get someone who's going to be better. And I think um, I, 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 I'm fine with that too. And as I would prefer them to go and get somebody better. I don't know if they're going to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, I under that's no circumstances, under no circumstances should Anthony Alford be starting more than. 30 games in a major league season. Right. So I'm not saying this guy needs like regular playing time, but I think he has shown enough value defensively to be late inning replacement. He's shown enough value that he does hit the ball hard when he hits the ball that, you know, like a fifth outfielder spot, you could do worse. Um, I guess that's where I'm at now to the point of protecting him. You make a good point there. Like if there's somebody where it comes down to, I mean, it really depends on kind of who we're talking about here, but if it comes down to protecting, gosh, I'm not even looking at the list here anymore, but let me throw something out there. And I don't know if I've made a decision yet, but what if it comes, if it comes down to Hoy Park and Alfred, who are you protecting? Um, probably Hoy Park just because he's more versatile. Okay. I, I think that speaks right there. Hoy Park might not get protected. That's true. I have a feeling they're going to keep both on the four. Um, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting because I you're going to have to leave some people off, but I think you can figure out a way to make it so that maybe you're not mm-hmm. losing more than one guy, you know, to this rule five, draft. Um, especially like the lower level guys. It's just hard to, to stow away those people on rosters. Uh, you know, especially if you're say a, a, a you know, a lower level, um, I mean, even even pitchers to a point. Like, I think pitchers is the I hardest. I mean, how many? Yeah, it's it's like what the Pirates did with Oviedo this year is almost impossible. Yeah, that's difficult. I mean, you basically have a relief pitcher on your roster that is unusable. I mean, the Pirates clearly didn't think Oviedo was capable of throwing in major league. Baseball <laughs> I know, right? Games. He just he hasn't. Yeah, I mean, he he hasn't pitched in like twenty days, and then they just put him on the IL just cause. Um, so it's that's going to be something that that'll be interesting to see kind of who they pick and choose. Um, there are going to be quite a few people to protect though. I, I feel like the people who are probably going to be the, the easiest to pluck are like the middle infielders who you can probably use as like utility guys all around the field. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and like a, an Escado type guy right like that's somebody who as another team because i think escado is roll five eligible it could be oh not escado but um just uh, diego castilla yeah so diego 
Tito, for example, roll five eligible. That's somebody who a team would maybe take a flyer on. Hey, he can play all over the field. He's got some talent. Um, let's let's see what we can do here, right? I'm protecting um, him at all costs. Right. And same thing with like Rodolfo Castro last year, right? Mm-hmm. That those types of guys where they've got some versatility, they've got some, they've they've shown that they've they've got some pop. Those are the guys that, that are probably the most at risk, right? Um, so, so you got to think that he's protected, right? Uh, but, but the Pirates have a lot of other guys too that I don't think they need to protect. I mean, like like Jared Oliva at this point, hmm. probably probably gone, right? He's an alpha um, vote. You need to do better. Yeah, yeah. We just haven't so, seen uh, as much from him. Yeah, and, and there's a lot of people on this major league roster who don't need to come back. So I, I think the Pirates have enough room that they can make for some of these guys um it is going to be interesting though but yeah so if it comes down to like they need to dfa alford to put cal mitchell on the 40-man roster then that's something that you do right <laughs> i mean that but um yeah I, I don't know if they're gonna have to make that decision we'll see we'll see but I'm probably okay. He, he's gone. <laughs> Prospects 20 to 30. Alex Bregman, Austin Meadows, Jose DeLeon, Jose Peraza, Manuel Margot, Bradley Zimmer, Jesse Winker, John Gray, Glaber Torres, Ozzy Albies. 1 through 30. I'm sorry. 20 through 30 right there. Again, again, perspective, perspective. All right, so that's kind of a lot of my grudges that I've been seeing. There's been other little small ones, but I think that's the major one. That's the stuff I'm really, really seeing out there. We got to stop it, guys. We got to stop it. Um, was there anything else that you you had and wanted to bring up and talk about? I think we covered most of it. Like, I don't, I don't really want to like bitch and complain too much, but. Yeah, there's like I said, just a lot of people just at each other's necks on Twitter, and I'm just like, I don't really want to be part of this anymore. <laughs> like, just the season's almost over, so let's just get through this next week. Then we can get to the off season where we can then start having arguments about forty man roster. So, <laughs> right, that'd be fun. And I think once we get to the forty man roster decisions, you'll have. Uh, you, anybody who gets DFA'd probably won't have any issues with it. There pro, uh, there's going to be some people left off the 40 man where you're where, where people will be like, eh, I probably would have I probably would have found a way to get him on there. Um, Which and is why we'll Alfred wait. shouldn't. And then we'll find out at the Roll Five draft as far as uh, you know if it's bad or not. Um, I forget which Roll Five draft it was back when you know the Pirates were abysmal, but like four out of the first five picks were pirates and it's like what in the world is happening here um i don't think it's going to be like that i i don't i I don't think it's going to be that bad but they do have a lot of people that they need to protect and i think there's gonna be a lot of people that they do protect um with that being said the more people you protect then maybe gives you a little bit less leeway to sign free agents over the offseason which I, i want them to do that too um like I, I, I need them to go out there and the 2022 pirates have to be better than the 2021 pirates. Like they have to be better. They've got to be more watchable. They have to show some sort of improvement next year or 
like I don't know if I can take another another season of them just being just terrible. It's going to be so frustrating to watch. Uh, we 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 need to start seeing something next year. You are correct. You are correct. All right. That's that's pretty much most of the stuff I have as well. Uh, so so again, like I, I think overall big picture, you can be optimist. That's that's perfectly fine. That's it's great. You know, like I am too with this. I and, and I think it's funny too coming on the heels of we graded Charrington and pretty much gave him a C uh, for this for this overall rebuild. Uh, but even with that said, you know, like trade for trade, they might not have all been the best, but big picture, there's definitely a lot of talent and that's where this organization organization comes in. Like that's what's to be optimistic about. There's a lot of talent. There's a lot of gaps that will need to be filled. Right. And there's a, a lot of things in the minors right now that could possibly do it. So one of those things that could fill some gaps here is Rowanzi Contreras. There's a big gap to fill in this, uh, big big teams uh, starting pitching. And Ronzi hopefully will. And we're going to see it today. So one thing I wanted to bring up just first was the shock factor. I'm I'm kind of blown away that he got the call. I was not expecting this at all. You? Yeah, I mean, it's pretty, pretty cool. Um, I, I will say... I think I even said earlier in the year that we could see him this year. Um, <laughs> oh, here we go. I, yes, I yes, Jim. Let me praise you. Oh, my God, Jim Rosati. Y'all said 54 yeah. win, wins, dummy. Yeah, that's true. I did say, though, that we could see Contreras this year. And the reason for that is because he's on the 40-man, right? So yeah. it just makes it easy for them to bring him up because they don't have to DFA somebody. Right. Um, but – no, I am incredibly excited from a shock factor. Yeah, I wasn't expecting this in the last five days of the season. I didn't think that was going to happen. Um, so I, I was very surprised when I saw um, yesterday that he was being called up. It's only going to be one start, right? Like he's he's going to get one start this year. Uh, he's going to be on a pitch limit too. I mean, he's, he's really has ever since he came off that injury, he really hasn't gone more than you know four innings in a game. So we're probably looking at like a three or four inning start at like best case scenario today. Um, hopefully, you know, it's more on the four side than the three side. And hopefully we get to see some really exciting stuff. But he uh, he's I mean, he continues to be electric. He's striking out batters at a at a really, really great clip. He had one triple A start, did the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I am excited and I'm ready to see see this. And like you mentioned, this is really, I said, there, there's a lot to be optimistic about um, because of all the talent that's in the system. And this is really the first guy, right? I mean, this is the first prospect that we're actually excited about to to make their major league debut, right? Um, so, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I'll be watching tonight. Uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully it's a good game. Hopefully he looks good. Yes. Well, of course, but that yeah. that's, that's the thing too. Like, I'm just so excited because of exactly what you said. It is like, this is the first, this is it. You expected that wave to come next year. Like you're going to see Cruz next year. Like, there's going to be a yeah. plethora of players you're going to see. And that's what makes next year exciting, right? Cause you're going to start seeing these guys, but here's the first taste. We finally get it. And at the point where games are just unwatchable, right? There's no point to watch any game. It's uninspiring baseball. Here is a moment where you can actually watch 
Pirates baseball when it's almost October and be excited. It's because of Ronzi Contreras. So yes, there's excitement in that sense of it. Um, and I look at this too. I mean, I don't think this is t- totally an indictment of like the Pirates saying, let's call him up. He's here to be a Pittsburgh Pirate. You know, I think one of it is, of course, that they need some arms. Like, there's no one really left to pitch. It's been, I mean, Sam Howard got the start, the air quotes, start a few days ago because of that, right? So there's there's really nothing left in the cupboard to pitch. So that helps him. But I also kind of feel as if this is like the little kudos. You know, you've had a fantastic year. Here's a little reward. Here's a little carrot for you at the end. It's a meaningless game. We need someone anyways. Have a start, big guy. Congratulations. Heading the offseason feeling good. You're going to battle. You're not going to make it. We know you're, we're going to tell you you have a chance to make it, but we know you're not going to make it next year. They'll crack this rotation. But like, here's a little carrot. Here's a nugget. Give yourself a little boost. Head into the offseason with that mentality. And then, you know, March 27th, we'll tell you no. Sorry, kid. But uh, but I, I like this. I like it for him, like for the organization, I, for all those reasons. I, I think it's it's uh you you deserve this. Go make your yeah. debut. Right, and from a service time standpoint, it doesn't really affect much, right? I mean, you're not mm-hmm. you're not really. I mean, it's technically starting his clock, but we're talking about so little amount of time here. Because I mean, you could just option him right after the start too. He gets one day of service time. Right. Um. <laughs> And then and then you don't need to worry about that next year when it becomes time to call him up. I, I do think he has the potential to be a pretty early season call up next year, as long as he has a good off season, because, you know, he's going to probably go to one of the fall leagues, I would imagine. Um, mm-hmm. Makes sense. So, yeah. So so you've got him pitching in the fall leagues. You've got him going to he's he's going to be one of those like eight people who get spring training starts. Right. He will he will be one of those eight people. Um, yeah, so it, it'll be it'll be very interesting, very fun. I can't wait until he's you know permanently on the team. But yeah, it, 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 you're, it's right. It, you're right. It's something to be excited about right now when there really hasn't been anything to be excited about uh, for a while. Uh, and yeah, we've been excited about 35 plate appearances from Cole Tucker. So this 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 will actually be a reason for people to watch the game, right? Yep, yep. I can't wait. So and hopefully they win because that'll be. I mean, there's a few things. If there's any storylines per se coming down to this last week, I mean, Sunday's the last game in Cincinnati, or actually it's at in PNC, I believe. Um, so Ronzi today, like to be excited about. But also, if you're playing the game, it's they're at 98 losses. It, this could be a big win in the sense of, again, small wins of not having a 100-loss season. You already mentioned they already hit the over, right? So there's some wins for some people, uh, maybe monetarily. But also, they might not lose over 100. So we'll see. We'll see. So this would be a big game for the Pirates as well because they can sit at 98 losses and then have one more game against the Cubs, which we know they won't win if they win today, because that would mean it's a sweep. So that puts them at 99, and then they go and face the <laughs> the Reds. 
I mean, and then something, too, to look at. I mean, they're pretty much locked into the third or fourth overall pick. Yeah. Texas currently has one game on them for the number three pick. So that's kind of something else to look at is are they going to be third? Are they going to be fourth? Either way, you're going to get a good player at either spot there. But um, I think I'd probably rather be third. Yeah, I think I'd rather be third. Um, So I don't necessarily want to lose. But if we could, <laughs> if we could just not do as well as the maybe let's have the Rangers like win out. That right? that's the thing, let's right? Have, let's have the Rangers win out. Pirates can go three and two these last five games, and uh, get the number third, number three pick. There it is. There it is. I'm a big, big Taylor Hearn fan this upcoming week because I know he's going to have one starter there. Let's go complete game shutout for Taylor Hearn. For the Rangers. Do it. Yeah. And then after that, whoever else is on their team. Because <laughs> I don't know. Right? It's the Rangers. Anyways, just joking. But yeah. Uh, so again, some some minor storylines. But yeah, it's, it's, it's it. Sunday, it's over. And then, like you mentioned, this is our last Starbucks in season. I'm, I'm so ready for the offseason. I'm just so ready to just put this 2021 season behind and have nothing but hope and optimism to look forward to. Yeah, and the offseason's fun because everybody's zero and zero, right? You're, you're, we don't suck anymore during the offseason. Right, the, the Padres can be good again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. All right, so that pretty much wraps this up. Anything else that you wanted to mention and talk about before we go? think that uh i think that covers it i didn't i didn't see did greensboro lose last night oh you know i didn't see either greensboro doesn't tweet so you know it's not like yeah bowling green won yeah bowling green uh six to three so bowling green beats greensboro for the high a championship but uh hey bradenton bradenton won the low a southeast championship Mm -hmm. so that's good stuff Good stuff. Altoona did not make it. Indy did not. Nope. But Indy's still playing. Right. Some good baseball. O'Neill Cruz, just a mammoth. Oh, God. Again, just the fingers crossed because whew, the tools he's showing right now. What he could bring. Holy hell. All right. Let's get out of here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He looks- <laughs> <laughs> We will see you tomorrow, uh, and it's not live after the game. Until then, bye-bye. Later, guys.